Hi, this is John Schroden with CNA. I'm here with Elizabeth Threlkeld uh, from the Stimson Center. Uh, and we were going to have a quick conversation about sort of recent developments in Afghanistan. So over the weekend, we saw some interesting leaked documents from Tolo News in the form of a letter from U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken to President Ashraf Ghani um, that uh, laid out the U.S. desires for more regional engagement, as well as some specific things for the Afghan government to do. And we also saw a draft um, interim government arrangement uh, document that uh, that presumably Ambassador Khalilzad pulled together and which has subsequently been verified by the Washington Post as authentic. Uh, and then just yesterday, there was this interesting set of or interesting meeting between um, General Sir Nick Carter from the UK, as well as members, uh, high ranking members of the uh, military and intelligence establishments of both Afghanistan and Pakistan in Bahrain. A lot of stuff going on. And so, Elizabeth, I'm interested in your thoughts on these recent developments. Yeah, uh, it is quite the the week for sure to be having this conversation. Um, it's great to be with you, John. And I think, you know, as with all of this, just the caveat that things are really developing quickly ahead of the May 1st uh, troop withdrawal deadline that was included in the U.S. Taliban agreement. But, you know, in kind of thinking about what's emerged publicly over the last week or so, a few things struck me, um, particularly in terms of the role of regional players and international actors. Um, so first, we'd seen kind of a slowdown in progress, um, the talks in Doha, there was a sense that both sides were really hedging their bets to see how the U.S. was likely to um, evolve under the Biden administration. This has been going on for months now. And, you know, one thing that this draft plan does is it shows the U.S. putting its cards on the table, right? Um, as much as the Afghan-owned and Afghan-led uh, focus, I think, was admirable. Um, this is really a way that the U.S. is making a strong case for um, what some have called a moonshot, I think rightly so, but uh, it could answer some of those questions in terms of, of the structure that the U.S. is interested in pushing. Um, I think the, the role of the U.N. that we've seen as well in recent days is positive. Um, there have been some ongoing meetings and just in terms of an influential but um, unbiased international actor. The UN could play a larger role going forward and perhaps helpfully so. Um, but I also wanted to focus in on uh, the regional dynamics here. So notably, India was among one uh, was among those countries that were mentioned in uh, the proposal of a meeting in Ankara among kind of the uh, the Troika plus plus. Um, so this is the the grouping of a number of regional countries. Um, and Pakistan was in that list, as was India, which Pakistan wasn't super fond of. Um, and so I wonder whether that um, potential inclusion of India at the table could be putting some pressure on Pakistan to use their leverage over the Taliban um, and try to reach an agreement uh, that they see is in their interest or force um, a little bit more reduction in violence than we've seen lately. So a lot of questions up in the air, but that's kind of uh, those are the big three that I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, no, those are some great observations. Um, certainly, the the inclusion of India in that group caught my eye as well. Um, you know, India is obviously very important to the future of Afghanistan. Has done a lot of development there, um, both on the civilian sector, but also with respect to 
Afghanistan's security forces. Um, India has gifted them a number of helicopters in recent years. Um, it, it, it allows for training of Afghan officers at some of their advanced military academies, et cetera. So, um, you know, India has clearly has stakes in Afghanistan's future, but as you say, right, that, that raises a lot of hackles on Pakistan's side. The, the meeting in Bahrain, I, I found to be particularly interesting, um, you know, one, because it was somewhat unexpected. Uh, it wasn't announced beforehand. It was just sort of announced by the, the Pakistan uh, government afterwards. Um, there's a lot of speculation on Twitter this morning as to what that might be about. Uh, a number of people who are uh, relatively close, you know, think that it's part of what the U.S. is trying to do. Um, in particular, uh, if you recall, Ambassador Khalilzad at some point commented that he was trying to work on a post-settlement deal between Afghanistan and Pakistan, where the two sides would agree to sort of a non-interference um, stance towards each other. Exactly. And so yeah, so there's speculation that this might be part and parcel of that, right? The UK getting involved perhaps at the, uh, the US's uh, request to try and help facilitate you know, a, a bit of an entente between the um, between the Afghan and, and Pakistani, uh, you know, military and security forces, which would be a really positive development for the region if they could pull that off. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's a continu continuation of progress we've seen between both sides. There was actually a, a joint vision statement that was released following Imran Khan's visit in November to Kabul that included some of that same language. So we'll have to see where this goes. But um, I think certainly a, a positive development in terms of the bilateral relationship. Yeah, and we both know Afghanistan can use as many positive developments as they can get. <laughs> exactly. Thanks so much, John. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, great talking to you, Elizabeth. Thanks.